Happy Mother's Day. Thankful. I'm thankful for moms because none of us would be here without them, right? None of us would. And I'm thankful for my mother. I got to see her yesterday and, and uh, thankful for my, my wife and just thankful for, for this day. You know, um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That's where we are today. And we have a practice in our church that when we read God's word, we stand in honor of, of his word because we want to set it apart. We want to make sure that we recognize that this is not our word or my word or some man's word. This is God's word to us. So I'd like to stand in honor of it. So would you stand with me? And we're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. It says this, chapter, or verse 1, chapter 3. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in, into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, I bet maybe some of you didn't realize that was in the Bible. You thought, wow, God wrote a pop song in the 60s. Wow, cool. Um, but uh, actually, the birds didn't come up with those lyrics. Uh, God did. And, uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a timely passage for me in my life. Um, you know, this weekend, is, it's, it's been fun for a lot of us in our church, a lot of people in my community, in our church, in my circles, uh, because we all have kids at, the, at similar stages of life. And, and uh, so I was getting lots of text messages this weekend about our, our students that were in 
the baseball tournaments. We had Collinsville kids in the, in the state semifinals. We had Owasso in the state baseball tournament this weekend. And, and they, they, everybody came up a little short in the, in the championship part of those things. We had some in the track uh, state championships and, and more. And uh, I was getting updates from some of those. And, and uh, Keith and I were at the state tennis tournament. And because both of our boys were in the state tennis tournament. And... Um, and it was fun. It was, it was a great time. And, and I, get, I got to actually coach some for Owasso. But don't worry, I didn't tell anybody that I was a pastor because my wife wouldn't let me. Uh, don't mention that you're a pastor because I tend to lose my mind sometimes in, in those environments. And so, so I chose not to tell anybody that I was a pastor so I wouldn't blow my witness. So they didn't know that I, wasn't a pa- I was a pastor. So that was good. That was wise. Um, but, you know, I, I am not a perfect pastor, but by golly, I'm your pastor, so you're stuck with me. So, um, yeah, well, there is a way to fire me, so just you can read that in our bylaws. You could do that. Um, but, uh, but, you know, this season uh, is, a, is an interesting season in our life. And because, you know, we're preparing for our kids to leave home, and, and it's just a challenging, challenging time. But, but regardless of which season you are in life, we need to understand that God is at work in every season. And that God is uh, moving us. And I love the study of the book of Ecclesiastes because it's helping us get a vision for life. Ecclesiastes is an important book because, um, and and I think this day is important because uh, this passage is important because so many of us are obsessed with time. We say that time is money. We say that that time is uh, is precious. And 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 it is. We need to make the most of our time. And we do. But this book of Ecclesiastes is an important book because it does deal with the dash of our lives. If you're you're new today, we're calling it the dash because if uh, a lot of us will follow the traditional path at our burial, we will get a tombstone. And on the tombstone, we'll put the date of our birth. And then we'll put the date of our death. And then there'll be this little dash that's in between that that characterizes everything about our lives. And the book of Ecclesiastes is is an important book because it deals with the dash. It deals with our life on this planet. It deals with what goes on under the sun, if you will. And one of the things that, that, that Solomon is teaching us in a big lesson, the main lesson in the book of Ecclesiastes is this. It's that a life that is surrendered to God's purposes, it's the only path to genuine meaning. And this is important for us to recognize, and, and I'm grateful that, that God has given us this. Now, in the book of Ecclesiastes as a whole, as we study all, all 12 chapters, we'll come across some consistent phrases. You'll, you'll hear this phrase, under the sun. In fact, it occurs 29 times in this book, that phrase, under the sun. And what that's describing is life on this planet after the Garden of Eden and before the return of Christ. It's what life is like under the sun. And this is important for us because we need to understand what life is like. We need to, we need to get a, be realistic about what life is like because so often we tend to le- live in this fantasy dream world and we struggle with reality. But we have to confront reality. Ecclesiastes helps us do this. The word vanity is listed 37 times because Vanity means meaninglessness, and it's Solomon's pursuit, and it's interesting because God 
allowed Solomon, God moved Solomon to pursue every earthly pursuit imaginable. And he systematically tested these different pursuits of meaning, and he discovered that, hey, look, none of those things work. And this is important for us to understand. He used the word vanity 37 times. This idea upon the earth is used seven times throughout the book, and it's about life on this earth. Now, now Solomon is actually not named in this book. He doesn't identify himself as Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. But from the context, we, we can infer that it's likely him. And, and, and in fact, the, the title, the, the author of the, the book of Ecclesiastes, he named, names himself as the preacher. The preacher is speaking to us. And, and, and one of the things that Solomon, I believe he... It's this preacher, Solomon. He, he came to realize that, that, that a, that a God-directed life is the most important life. And this is something I pray we embrace, that, that apart from surrender to the Lord, apart in your, if, in your life, apart from surrender to the Lord, that, that you're headed uh, to emptiness, to meaninglessness. And that's the reality. Solomon tested. He came to realize that, that power, wealth, success, those have limitations. He came to realize that, that, that hope under the sun is only possible when you have hope over the sun. Hope beyond the sun. And maybe you've walked in here today. And, and the best you have to hope for is what this life has to offer. And can I tell you, there's, there's a greater answer to that pursuit today. And, and, and I, I just want you to see that God's way is not only the best way to live your life. Following Jesus is not only the best thing you can do. Following Jesus is the only adequate way to prepare for that meeting that you will have with God someday. Because, you know, we had a, we had a, we've had baptisms in both services today. And uh, there, was a, there was a little the young girl that Brandon got to baptize in the, in the first service. And Brandon said, hey, it's Mother's Day. Do you want to have your mom come up here with you? And, and she looked at Brandon and she goes, no, I think I need to, I think this is my moment that I, I've, I've trusted the Lord. I think I need to face it by myself. And, and I was proud of this little girl. To have that wisdom to go, no, you know, look, I'm going to, I'm standing for the Lord. And she did. And we need to have the faith like a child today and learn from that today. But the truth is, all of us will stand before the Lord and we're not standing as a group. You're standing before the Lord, you and the Lord. And that's important to realize. Ecclesiastes tells us this. This is why the verse that I want you to memorize, I pray we memorize it over the next several weeks. We, we, have, we have about five more weeks in this book. Six more weeks probably. And, um, and, and Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14 is the lens that you need to understand every chapter in the book of Ecclesiastes. And that's why we keep bringing it up. That's why we keep challenging you to memorize it because that is the lens to understand this entire book. And this is what the verse says. And the end of the matter, all has been heard, Solomon says. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. 
For God will bring every deed, every deed into judgment, every secret thing, whether good or evil. And this is the lens to understand the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and what, what we see is that, is that given enough time, if you give it enough time, this pursuit of your life that is apart from God will result in frustration, meaninglessness, disappointment. If you give it enough time, whether it's a, a car or a job or a success or whatever, you give that enough time apart from God, and it's not going to fulfill you. And I'm grateful that God has given us this wisdom. He loves us so much that he has provided this wisdom for us so that we wouldn't waste our time. And I love this, and it's my prayer that, and I want you, us to see that all of us can live our lives with God's wisdom becoming our experience. Isn't that amazing? That you and I can live life under the sun on this planet with the experience of our lives being overwhelmed with God's wisdom. This is why we need the word. This is why I can't just come up and get it. And the people that preach in this pulpit can't get up and just give you some inspirational talk. No, we need the word of God because wisdom is available to us. And so look at verse 1, chapter 3. Listen, listen to what he says. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Think about that. For everything, there's a season. There's an opening and close. Opening and a closing of everything. Every matter under heaven. Look, a time to be born and a time to die. I remember, I remember the moment that Robin comes up and says, Look, and handed me this thing. And I go, What is it? It's got two lines. Yay! What does that mean? We're pregnant. And I remember that moment going, oh no, really? Whoa! Oh boy! And in that moment, it was so, we were so excited that we were going to have a baby. And I remember that time to be born. I also can remember saying, God, you're faithful. Thank you, Jesus, for this child. But you know what? I can remember also Robin calling me Chris. Oh, no. Have you heard? He's gone. He's died. And we sat there and said, oh, no. And cried and wept. But when you look at that, that's, that's life under the sun. There's a time to be born. And, and God is faithful every time that birth comes. But can, I, can we remember, can we embrace, can we understand that God is faithful when that time comes to die? You know what the Bible says? Psalm 139, that that. Every day that you have has been written in a book before one of them came 
to be. Now, now let that sink in your head for a second. Every day that you have has already been written in a book. And God sees you. There's a time to be born, a time to die. And we've got to be, recognize this. There are 14 things here that, that you see. A time to plant. A time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill. And a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep. You know, there is time to weep and, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn. There is a time to mourn and grieve, but there's a time to dance. We need to get better at this as Baptists, historically. We need to do better at that. We tried to clap in the service today, and we were like, every time we sing and clap, we're like, oh, we can't do it. We can't do it. You know, so we need to, let's practice this week. Do it in front of your mirror. Not in public, probably. Sorry, that's not in my notes. This is just fun. Um, I didn't get much sleep last night, so sorry. Who knows what we're going to do today. I love verse 5. Verse 5, I, I, I've adopted because I have, to, I have to give five bucks to my kids every time I use them as an illustration, and this is worth it today. Um, so... Um, but verse 5, I, it's a newly adopted verse. Brendan, I, I encourage you, you have two daughters. Um, but verse 5, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And when my girls are at dating age, and when guys come to my house, I'm now going to gather stones at my house on my table. And I'm going to say, hey, guys, look at these stones. Look how sharp they are. That's pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, this is my stones that I'm gathering. And your time is to refrain from embracing today. <laughs> and for a while. So, And then I'll go back to verse 3, a time to kill and a time to heal. You know, see, see we can keep going here. Um, but <clears throat> so I love the Bible. It's so great. <laughs> But verse 6, a time to seek and a time to lose. You know, you know this is a conviction I, I've, I've been wrestling through. Because so often our, in church today, we come and we're like, oh, celebrate, celebrate. And, and, and there's a lot to celebrate because we sing, God, you've done great things today. But did you notice that song that we sang today? You're faithful in every storm. See, because one of the things that we, I see in Scripture that, that all through the Psalms you see laments. You see, uh, you see suffering. And I think that we need to recognize that it's normal. That there's a time that there, it's, there are times that we'll lose. There are times that we're going to mourn. There's time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. I'll admit that's not a strength of mine, the silence part. Yeah, thanks. 
So, I love you. I love you. A time to love, and this is difficult, the conflict that comes, a time to hate. So sometimes scripture we read and we just go, I got to think about that for a little bit. A time for war. A time for peace. So, so these are, like when you read scripture, you can't come flippantly to it. Often, we, if we're going to read scripture rightly, we've got to come and wrestle through it. Because it's going to put us in a position of, it's uncomfortable. But, but this is the reality of life under the sun that Solomon is describing. Now, point number one is this, is, is that every season of life brings challenges and blessings. And we need to see this, that, um, you know, uh, I, I love how God has called us to be a church together. And I, and I love how we're called to be with one another at, at every stage, every season of life. As we see the season of, of God knitting together our our young children in their mother's womb. That's a time of joy and celebration as, as we see those in our church that are walking around with, and they're about to have a baby and God is knitting that child together in the womb. That's what's happening in the womb. God is knitting and working beautiful things. And then we, we move and walk with people in the season of, of childhood and, 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 and see those children that grow up in the, in the preschool and the, and, and the, and the children's ministry and the, and the childhood season is such a beautiful season with challenges, with blessings. And then, then there's adolescence and you're like, okay, they've lost their minds. Oh my goodness, what has happened with adolescence? And, they, and then... They move into young adulthood, and they're making decisions of marriage and college and career and life. And here we are in these seasons of challenges, of blessings. And then, then it's adulthood, marriage, and, 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 they're, and they're, they're having kids. And, and that's the season of life as, as you watch our own kids become adults and, and make decisions and these things, and then you get into median adult, and you're looking at your parents getting older and having conversations that you're like, wait, wait, you used to bend me over your knee, and now I'm like, hey, don't do that. Mom, Dad, don't do that. And it's a strange part of life. Then you move into senior adulthood, and if the lifespan is normal, you approach that door called death. And, and this is where we are together as a church. And this is why you can't just come to the big room and not know one another. Church is life together through every season. And it's beautiful. But through it all, if we're wise, I pray this. I pray that we learn to Seek the Lord continually. And can I challenge us to be a church? And this is what Solomon is moving us to understand in, in every season and every time. Seek the Lord continually. 
Let's do this. Let's, let's push one another. Let's, let's, let's help one another to, to, in every season of life to, to, to seek the Lord continually, but also to trust the Lord consistently. Don't, don't, shouldn't we do that? That's what Solomon is saying. Look, I've, I've learned that God is faithful in every season, in every storm, in every good time, in every bad time. God is faithful. And he's with us, and we're together, and, and let's, let's trust God consistently regardless of what comes our way. Then we obey his commands diligently. And this is Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. It's, it's why this needs to be written in our heart. And Jesus taught us this. What do you, remember what he said in the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew chapter 6, but, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens? All these things will be given to you as well. But, but we get into life and we worry and we, oh, but, but what about this and what about this? But, but then Jesus follows, up, follows that up and says, hey, look, don't, don't be anxious. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You see, we were learning to trust the Lord. This is what Solomon is saying. Verse 9, look at this. Chapter 3, verse 9. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He's made everything beautiful in its time. What's he made beautiful in his time? Everything. So, so you may be in the midst of a turmoil or struggle or, or, or the toil of your hands may not be working. But can I tell you, God makes everything beautiful in its time. And so the the discipline of learning to to look and see where the beauty is, even in the storm, even in the difficulty, even in the losing, even in the struggle. Also, he has put, look at this, he has put eternity into man's heart. And this is what God has done. This is why most... I mean, I mean, people that, that, are, that are thinking or rational people are going to acknowledge that, look, this world is not, did not come by accident. They're, they're, this is why historically, if you trace the history of mankind, mankind all through history has approached death and said there's got to be something different. There's got to be something more beyond the grave. What is that? Why is that? Because God has put eternity in the hearts of man. And this is why God has put our church here, because people here need to know the way to eternal life. And what is that way? It's through Jesus, the only one who conquered the grave. Nobody else conquered the grave. God has put eternity in the hearts of man, Solomon says, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Verse 12. I perceived that, that there's nothing better for them than, than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Now, now let's understand what he's saying, because I've just said, hey, don't, uh, don't trust in stuff. But then Solomon says, no, look, 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 a gift from God is that you should enjoy You should take pleasure in your toil. Now, point number two is this. You need to enjoy your specific job. Let's enjoy our job. We should enjoy our job. Now, you may go, I hate my job. 
I don't like my job. Well, you need to look at your job differently. Because, because God has, has moved us to find enjoyment in our work. Now, now let's understand this. I, I'm, I'm saying find enjoyment in your work, not meaning in your work. There's a difference. Let me explain it this way. My son this week, this weekend, was in the state tennis tournament. And I'll be honest with you, I've learned some things. I, I relearned some things about myself. I know this about myself. I'm not very good at, I'm not a good winner. Because we won on Friday. And I walked around going, yeah, we kicked your rear. I'm glad about it. And friends of mine, we were at the tennis tournament. I played tennis my whole life. I had friends that I knew growing up that were, I mean, we beat the number one seed first round in the state tennis tournament. I was fired up. And a guy I grew up with was watching the other team, there to support the other team. And I walked up to him, I go, we're going to kick your rear. And, and I got to coach, and Robin kept telling me, you are a pastor. And I'm like, I'm not telling anybody I'm a pastor. Not today, I'm not a pastor, I'm a coach. It's different. But but you know, I was, boy, I tell you what, when we won, we won both matches on Friday. We're in the semifinals, and I'm walking around going, that's right, that's right. And then the next day, we got beat. And you know what I found? I'm not a good loser either. <laughs> I'm not. So I need to not do that. I need to never coach again, but I will. <laughs> but here's what I kept learning. Relearning. Okay, Lord, I'm in Ecclesiastes tomorrow. I don't want to preach this, but I'm going to. That sometimes we find meaning in our kids. And we, we, look, we go, let's get them. They need to be a, the best baseball player because it makes me have meaning. And I had to stop myself yesterday and go, look, Let's enjoy the moment, but let's not find meaning in the moment. Because if I found meaning in the moment, I would be crushed at the fourth place finish versus the first place finish. Versus looking at it going, man, that was fun. That was fun to be there. Let's, but, but so often we find our identity in our job, our work. And this is what Solomon is saying. That's not going to work. Find enjoyment. Enjoy it. But don't find meaning in it. Do you see that? Let's remember we work for the Lord. You work for the Lord. That when we're out there and with our kids and our job and whatever we're doing, we work for the Lord. And we can't forget this, that, that, that we should always work to get better at our job. I want my kids to do well. I want them to practice. I want them to do well and do their best. I think we should. We should be the best employees. We should be the hardest working athletes. We should be the best students. That honors the Lord. But, but here's what I don't want us to miss. With the work of our hands, when we, when we understand that we work for the Lord, we start to pay attention to the God-ordained people appointments versus just finding meaning in our job. You know that God puts you around people that need the Lord? 
for good times and for bad times. You know, the city of Uluga is struggling. They're having a hard day today. They had a teenager pass away this weekend. And I thank the Lord. I've prayed for Kane Jackson, for our students that are going to Uluga to be witnesses. Do you know that boy that passed away? He was saved at this church. He was baptized here. He was a my one. And folks, we need to pray for them, pray for that family. But you know what? I'm praying for our folks that are going into that job with divine people appointments. And I I pray that. Enjoy your job. Colossians 4, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. This is something we can't forget. Verse 14, Ecclesiastes 3, I perceive that whatever God endures, what, excuse me, whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor taken anything taken from it. God has done it, so the people fear before him. That which has already been, that which is already, that which is to be, already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath and man has no advantage over the beast. For all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from dust, and to dust all return. You know what point number three is? It's my prayer that for us as a church, I pray that we push one another to this. I pray we challenge one another to this. And point number three is this, that that we stay diligent until dust. Man, this is my prayer for us. That we are a body of believers. We are a church that without apology pushes one another to stay diligent to the Lord until dust. You know, we must communicate this. I would be an unfaithful pastor to not, not... prepare us for this or, or just share what God's word says about this, that, that every dash will end with a face-to-face with God. That, that's the reality of every dash, every one of our lives will end with a face-to-face with God. And, and I pray that we're heavenly minded here, that we in our, in our church, in our minds, in our, in our lives, we are heavenly minded because heavenly minded people experience the most fulfilling dashes. 
that if you're going to feel, if you're going to experience the most fulfilling life, the most uh, satisfying life, the most adventurous life, it's a, it's a life that is heavenly minded. Is that where you are? Is that what you're preparing for? Are you preparing for more bathrooms in your house? Or are you preparing for eternity? And this is my prayer, that we live today with eternity in view. And every one of us at every stage, at every season, that we live with eternity in view. And this is where we must be. This is where the, there's not a better way to celebrate Mother's Day than to point us to the most important things. Moms have a way of getting straight to the point. Clean your room. Make your bed. Do those things that make your, that are just right. And can I tell you, that's the message today Solomon wrote to us. Fear God. Keep his commands. For this is the duty that we have. Is that where you are? Can I, can I just challenge you? We're going to have an invitation and Chad's going to come out. And, and we're, we're invited to serve the Lord. All of us daily, we're invited to walk with the Lord, to surrender to the Lord. I, I joke some about this weekend for me, but, but, but I really was convicted at times. Lord, help me have the right perspective. Lord, help me surrender to you. Because I found myself being tempted to not surrender, to be in the flesh, to be, let that competitive nature take over my attitude and my mind and my, my mouth. And it was a battle to say, God, I'm going to, okay, I need to surrender to you. And I wish I could stand in front of you and say, I do that all the time. But I battle that because I'm more like the sheep than the shepherd. And I want to be more like the shepherd. And that's our journey. Let's surrender to the Lord. Let's not find our meaning in our kids, in our job. Let's recognize that the Lord is faithful in every season, at every time, in every moment. Don't forget that.